0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 11 of the Sport Fanatics Podcast. It's Friday, July 23rd. I'm Chris. I'm J. Mike. Today we got some news from the NBA. We're going to talk about the finals wrapping up, some college football news, and some MLB stuff that just broke this morning. But for now, let's roll the theme song.
1: Comic-Con!
0: Okay, well, let's start with that NBA game. gonna be the last NBA game of the season because right. the Bucks finished it in game six at home against the suns 105 to 98
1: won four straight NBA final games overcoming another 0 two deficit in 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 these NBA playoffs. And they pull a 2006 Miami Heat when the Miami Heat went down early, two games to none in their series against the Dallas Mavericks and won the next four to win the NBA
0: championship. Yeah, made it turn around quick and and finish business. Four straight games. Uh of course, behind an incredible performance from Giannis, with yes. those fifty points and I mean almost half of the points scored in the game. Also, a lot of rebounds. Oh my gosh, fourteen rebounds. 14, that's right. Five blocks. And oh yeah.
1: Sixty-four percent from the field.
0: Yeah, I mean that's just that's MVP. And he and MVP-like he had like numbers. He even had a good night from the free throw line. Oh, he was incredible at
1: the line. Yeah, how about that? Just incredible. I mean, uh, 17 for 19. You obviously could tell not o- not only as he is he playing his game and 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 dominating at such a high level, but getting it done at the free throw line, that made you go, "Man, Giannis really wants this championship." The other night. Just incredible, incredible NBA Finals for him. I'd like to go through each game statistically of what he did and, and how how important he was okay. to his team. In Game 1, he scores 20 points, 17 rebounds, 4 assists, 55% from the field. Game 2... Was his coming out party in these NBA Finals. 42 points, 12 rebounds, 3 blocks, 68% from the field. Yeah. Game 3, 41 points, 13 rebounds, 6 assists, 60% from the field. Game 4, 26 points, 14 rebounds, 8 assists, 58% from the field. 32 points in game five, nine rebounds, six assists, 60% from the field. And, of course, as we just touched on, game six where he drops 50. Yeah.
0: He really he made it pretty easy to figure out who that MVP was going to be once they won the series. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> and
1: there, there were a lot of people I kept seeing on Twitter – about how much Chris Middleton hit some clutch shots? Oh, he for sure. But but MVP wise, I just I just read each game statistically of of what he what he accomplished. There's no doubt that he was this year's NBA final Finals MVP. Oh yeah, for and, sure.
0: And I mean, one hand washes the other, but without. Those types of games from Giannis, Middleton's not going to be able to make those clutch shots. And
1: here is Giannis's final stat line of the NBA finals. Thirty five point two points per game, thirteen point two rebounds per game, five assists per game, and one point eight blocks per game. So you can't you yeah. can't tell me that that anybody else, you know. Middleton deserved NBA finals MVP. I mean, come on. The, yeah. That Yeah, that's just that's just remarkable what he accomplished and I know Shaq shouted him out on Twitter after the game telling him, you know, big boy basketball is back. <laughs> just but that's exactly what it reminded me of. Shaq in the early two thousands in Los Angeles, when where he oh yeah I could see he that, domi- yeah. he dominated the paint and then Kobe, Kobe did his thing. Yeah, well, so that's that, that's exactly what Giannis's and the Bucks run just reminded me of that early two thousands Laker Laker run where they where they three peated.
0: Yeah, and that's I that was about to say that that was part of a dynasty so we'll see if the bucks can maybe do something similar here because they've got some great pieces now no doubt and that you know that's not to say that Middleton and Holiday they both had great series as well but
1: Holiday Holiday bounced back in a big way when they needed him to yeah and i mean that game 5 he was incredible because in the first half, he was the majority of their scoring in the first half, which kept them in the ball game, then be, being down 16 early. And him, him hitting some big-time three-pointers early on, having a really good shooting percentage, kept that Bucks team in it. As we touched on last podcast, you know, they, they get down big, they call a timeout, they regroup new game plan they go out there and they start they start executing they start playing defense on the other end as soon as they get the basketball back on the offensive end they're hitting shots- mm-hmm. slow you know slowly and surely getting back into the game and then the next thing you know they control pretty much up until late in the fourth quarter the game in the second half. They
0: were able to get big defensive stops. And then uh, <laughs> rebounds off those missed free throws. That as well. Hold
1: on to win a tight game five. And then they did exactly what I thought that they would do in game six. And that was keep Phoenix in front of them. And then in that fourth quarter, man, put them away.
0: Mm-hmm. And they that's did. what they did. They did. Uh, another person we can't forget about, Portis. Uh, Portis. What, Bobby a, what Portis. a clutch game off the, the bench there. I mean,
1: he, going back to the Eastern Conference Finals, the two games that Giannis missed, which that, that's incredible too. Giannis, Giannis having that. Just historic, remarkable NBA Finals that he just he just did. The guy missed the 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 last two games of that Eastern Conference Finals. That's and, right, and, and we were not sure how healthy he was going to be going into the NBA Finals. Like I said, he scores he scores uh the the twenty points in Game One. And and that that was he was pretty much the leading scorer. He he was the guy that was that was really getting involved in that game. And of course the Suns won a a, a double digit game in game one and he didn't have any help. But you know, game two in game three he completely dominated. And then he finally had guys starting to Well then the trio yes, came they, alive. They started, fully. they started to click. And and that's that's what I kept harping on. If if those guys play together as one cohesive unit. And we all know that it's a team sport and when the team is playing together, that's championship DNA for sure. That's a recipe for success and winning a championship. Mm-hmm. That's what they did. But going back to Bobby Portis, Chris, he stepped up huge in those two games. In Giannis' absence to close out the Atlanta Hawks in the Eastern Conference finals. That was his coming out party, so to speak, in, in these playoffs. And I and I knew that he would have a big impact off the bench in these NBA finals. And boy, did he in the the game that you that you absolutely needed him because you you and I both know you did. It, Milwaukee Bucks fans, their coaches and players did not want this thing going to seven, going back to Phoenix. No, you wanted to wrap this up happen. at home
0: with where, the momentum where, where they
1: they had been so dominant at, and they they won ten home playoff games and only one loss. And one loss. And just just remarkable. Remarkable there. But now Giannis Antetokounmpo, he joins Michael Jordan and Hakeem Olajuwon as the only players in NBA history to win a regular season MVP award, a finals MVP award, and a defensive player of the year award. What a year. He joins elite company. Yeah, that there. is
0: some great company. Also, how cool is it he gets to fulfill that that promise, which has been going around where several years ago on Twitter, I believe it was like 2014, he said that he was going to, he wouldn't be leaving Milwaukee until there was a championship. And he came through with that. I mean, hopefully he doesn't have to leave Milwaukee. Hopefully he can, like, stay there and be a part of a something great moving forward here, but it's pretty cool that he was able to deliver that for the fans there. No doubt about it. And
1: obviously I have the utmost respect for him for remaining in Milwaukee because there was a lot of speculation when he became a free agent, if he was going to join the golden state warriors after Kevin Durant left to go to the nets or join join up with some super team but I loved his I loved his quote here when a reporter asked him about that said Giannis said that he easily could have joined a super team done his part with other stars and won it that way but he said and I quote that's the easy way then he then he pounds the table and says, "This was the hard way, but it worked out." And it's it a great character there, no doubt. And credit credit that organization for for getting in pieces. Well, to yes,
0: that's the thing. The they brought in Drew a Holliday. good team to where. I mean it's not really fair to call them a super team cuz it wasn't like they brought in a bunch of all stars right. but they brought in really solid pieces that may have not had you know real flashy name recognition like obviously like bringing in LeBron or or whoever yeah. but they brought in the right pieces to give Giannis and this organization, a chance to win it, they didn't just sit back and try to make Giannis solo this or just work with what he had. Because uh, they, they turned this around from an organization that was, you know, having losing records to now they're the champions. Oh, yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Chris,
1: because the 2013-2014 Milwaukee Bucks regular season – Overall record was fifteen wins and sixty-seven losses. In just this twenty twenty-one postseason, they went fifteen and seven. Oh. <laughs> they tied. They tied themselves in the win column from that 2013-2014 season. In just this postseason, just
0: the postseason.
1: Wow, that's pretty cool. I mean, remarkable and. Touching on a big piece, also a big piece that they acquired from the Houston Rockets and P.J. Tucker, that is.
0: Uh-huh.
1: How about this? P.J. Tucker beat out all of his former Houston Rockets teammates on the way to the NBA championship in the first round. The Bucks defeated the Miami Heat. Trevor Ariza was oh, okay. on that team. In the second round, the Milwaukee Bucks overcame a 0-2 deficit to beat the highly favored Brooklyn Nets right. in seven games to win that series when he beats James Harden mm-hmm. from the Brooklyn Nets. In the Eastern Conference Finals – the Bucks defeated the Atlanta Hawks. Clint Capella was on that Hawks team and now he defeats they overcome another 0-2 deficit win four games in a row win their first NBA championship in 50 years and he beats
0: Chris Paul his former teammate. It's like a uh He's like coming through and beating the bosses. He's like the video game character right. coming through each round beating exactly. the bosses to win the to win the championship. Exactly. Over his former allies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Turned nemesis.
1: But that that's just that, that I mean I thought that was great right there where it's okay.
0: Yeah, it's cool stuff. You were,
1: you were on my team in Houston, okay. That's one step.
0: Yeah. And well, then he, <laughs> And speaking of Chris Paul, I guess worth mentioning, yet another year where he's not champion. Yes. it brings questions of will he ever get that championship.
1: It does because now he is unfortunately the first player to lose four best of seven series after leading two games or after being up two games, I should say, 2008. Was up two games to none in that series with the New Orleans Hornets. Mm-hmm. They lost that series four games to three. Seven-game series against the San Antonio Spurs in the West semifinals. 2013, he lost four games to two when he was part of the Los Angeles Clippers to the Memphis Grizzlies in just the first round. Fast forward to 2016, he lost four games to two as a part of the Los Angeles Clippers again to the Portland Trail Blazers. And guess what, Chris? The first round yet again. And now up 2-0 in the NBA Finals. He was two wins away from getting that coveted first round NBA title in his career. They lose four straight games as the Milwaukee Bucks beat them four games to two. And I to said, in the NBA finals,
0: I said in the podcast last time, I can't imagine how that would feel as a player to lose that many series after being up by two games. And I mean, I, and I still can't imagine that's I'm not sure obviously part of it is his fault with some turnovers and way way too many yeah. turnovers and then only scoring
1: after that 32 point performance in game 1 statistically he just he just dropped
0: yeah it seemed like every every game he just and he did he did pick it back up a bit for game 6 here but then that goes to the other half also just unfortunately what, being what? on teams that it just didn't work out for whatever reason in this case oh, yeah. the suns after those first two games they just weren't kill- clicking the same like they the, the bucks looked so much they got it together and the bucks had just that so that performance as a unit was so much better than what the suns had going on after those first two games uh and that's why we were so impressed with the bucks in the previous few series and they got it back together in this one
1: yeah he he just i I know I know watching game 6 he just seemed way too
0: passive wonder if he was <laughs> worried about turnovers and that sort of thing again
1: yeah yeah which he he probably was but in in that situation where you're already down in the series and you're playing on the road you gotta you gotta come out with that sense of urgency you've got to take the bull by the horns and say man look i'm i've got to do i've got to do whatever it takes to get this thing back to phoenix back to our home crowd in, in in a game seven and I just thought he was way too passive Devin Booker what did he have 19 points that's not gonna get it done
0: no and six that's, turnovers
1: yes that's that's I'm sorry that's not I mean and of course Devin Booker's just jacking up shots uh of course same with same with Jay Crowder Jack, jacking up a lot of shot. I remember Stephen A. Smith was harping on the sons of Monty Williams needing to give the ball to Cameron Johnson, the forward. He he jacked he jacked up a lot of shots as well that that hit off hit off the yeah, front iron. he was only one for five, room.
0: one for four from three.
1: Yeah, and I guess I guess they got to thinking that they were going to have to shoot at a high level from from the three point line, but man, I mean there there were instances where where they could have gotten they could have gotten a, a good bulk of their points in the paint. I felt, and they they just kept shooting these shooting these threes that that that, that just weren't sinking
0: in for him. So Yeah, they were I, I from three point they were they were twenty four percent from three point exactly six for twenty five.
1: It's awful. And I just I, I don't understand why Monty Williams just didn't say hey hey guys we 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 need to get our points in the paint first and then the perimeter will open up for us, and it just it, it just never went that way. I thought I thought Chris Paul could could have been a lot a lot more aggressive, especially especially a player that hasn't won an NBA title in in sixteen seasons as as we yeah, as we've touched on. He
0: definitely didn't look the same as he did in Game One at the start of this. Right, and especially not the same
1: after that great Game 6 performance yeah. in the Western Conference Finals where he drops, what, 42 against the Clippers. And But we harped on it. The Suns, not having a lot of depth on their bench, really came back to hurt this ball club. If you're if you're that front office, you're really looking for some pieces to fix that next season for sure. Especially if you if you do if you do get Chris Paul back, which I, I would imagine that they that, that they'll bring him back. I know there's a lot of speculation right now about possibly the Los Angeles Lakers end up bringing him in okay but i'm not trying to sound too negative about chris paul because he he actually did some wonderful things this season Oh no, and he, he and, had, and for that franchise
0: and overall he had a good postseason it was just yes even in these finals in most of the games he did like good or okay it's just that it with the turnovers was the main issue and it wasn't right. good enough against you know with the way the bucks were playing right right that too and and Chris Paul
1: really helped turn this Phoenix Suns franchise around F- 51 and 27 in the regular season yeah a second overall seed in the Western Conference playoffs they go on a remarkable run throughout that Western Conference playoffs. Get back to the NBA, you know, get them back to the NBA Finals for the first time since 1993. Just unfortunate they win the first two, and they're, they're not able to, to win another game here. But remarkable job by, by Chris Paul, Because, uh, also what, what what we touched on about Giannis not wanting to join a super team, yeah. wanting to stay in Milwaukee, get it done in Milwaukee, and he has now. Chris Paul has never never really been on a on a super team. Now you could you could argue the Houston Rockets squad that we just talked about mm-hmm. where yeah. P.J. Tucker defeated all of his former Rockets teammates and route to a championship and he was on that Rockets team with Chris Paul, Trevor Ariza, James Harden, Clint Capella. But you really don't, in my opinion, you really don't call that a super team. You just really call it a dynamic duo in Chris Paul and James Harden. Of course, they didn't get it done against the Golden State Warriors that year when that series went all the way to 7 games, but but credit Chris Paul for not joining a super team really going to Phoenix and and working working with some really young studs that that are going to be great players for, yeah. for, for the rest of their careers and guys like Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton
0: yeah he's moved around but it's cool that he's gone to a place like Phoenix where I mean they have talent but he's sort of working to try to help build up something here oh more no than, doubt more no than doubt. just you know and instant he, super team like and he, you're talking and he,
1: about he's already he's already started it and that's that's what I admire remi- that, that's what I admire about players like Giannis Antetokounmpo and Chris Paul is they want they want to get it done where they're at but they they're wanting to to help from a leadership standpoint help the younger players help help them help them get better help them to learn the the terminology about about how how to play basketball at that level how to play it at a high level how to how to maintain that and and when all of that comes together there you have a winning culture.
0: Yeah. Well, all of a sudden, and that's why I mean, if you're a Suns fan, obviously this is disappointing, but should feel pretty good about the future. No doubt that's there in Phoenix, and I mean, obviously you had to keep your pieces there, but
1: definitely are going to have to add as well. Yeah,
0: and it, but it, it feels. I think it feels because much that, better to be doing it like this versus pulling together a super team that you're not sure how long you're going to keep together like it right this is much more sustainable to try to do it this way
1: oh no doubt and also with doing that chris you don't have a super team with a guy with guys with a bunch of egos on it saying hey look i should have had that last shot or i should be getting the ball more or i can score it such a high better level than 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 this guy can Mm -hmm. and next thing you know that the the team the team just is not clicking they're not they're not winning the games they should be winning not winning championships and then they end up breaking up so just great job by both of those players really really help build a winning culture with 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 such such a such a good some good young cores there and I've got the utmost respect for Monty Williams because after the game of course you know he and the rest of the Suns players during their their media sessions after the game touched on how heartbreaking it was not to not to win at all and, and 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 to lose it like that yeah. lose, losing four straight games that's that yeah. was really tough of course and guys like Devin Booker and such such saying, this is the worst heartbreak I've ever had in my life. But, and I, I know Monty Williams said, said that as much as well, but just utmost respect to him because he goes into the Milwaukee Bucks locker room and congratulates the players, Mm -hmm. the coaches and the, the owners that were there on, on what they accomplished. So, Kudos to Monty Williams for, for just being a class act there and 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 congratulating the team that just, just bounced his team yeah. from well, the NBA finals.
0: Yeah, super class act there, and hopefully they can use that disappointment in a positive way. Yes. Moving into next season. It seems like they're I, I, a group that that could.
1: Oh no doubt. Because I, I I certainly do see both of these teams being around. For a good while, it's just a matter of can both of these teams get back to the NBA Finals. I think I think you'd have to give Milwaukee a better percentage of mm-hmm. going back just because they're in the Eastern Conference and the e- Eastern Conference is relatively weak right now. Of course, you've got the Nets there but the the nets i'm telling you they they let go of a lot of a lot of good young pieces to acquire james harden that ended up hurting them in that matchup against the bucks where they they didn't have those guys like Karis levert because they 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 had no they had no choice to trade them away if they mm-hmm. wanted james harden right. and then irving unfortunately gets hurt so did James Harden James Harden was not a hundred percent the rest of the way in that series they had to rely heavily on Kevin Durant and that's not going to happen you you you've got you've got to have teammates step up and he didn't have his his two battery mates so that hurt him in that series but Obviously, Milwaukee looks the best of of potentially getting back, possibly next season, and we'll see. We'll see what the Miami Heat do. Do they do they add in free agency? I know Kawhi Leonard's name has come up a lot.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of adding and all this, I mean, I guess we should touch on that the draft coming up Tuesday, right?
1: Yeah, that's right, Chris. We have the NBA draft quickly approaching as it will begin on
0: Tuesday night Uh okay. Yeah, we'll go ahead and touch on that, I guess, because uh, we won't be there and we won't be getting the next episode up until, you know, that night. So we'll go ahead and mention this.
1: Oh, yeah, but we have... We've got – so we've got the NBA draft coming up Tuesday of next week or this upcoming week, I should say. And should be a very, very highly anticipated one considering we just saw where the Milwaukee Bucks have turned their franchise around Mm -hmm. with – with some, some great young players and the same could be said with the Phoenix Suns, where they matched up against each other in the NBA finals. And so going forward, you're looking at teams are hopefully looking to kinda of copycat, I guess you could say, to we'll to, to, to to draft Draft some good young talent and and develop them in the long run to where they can turn their franchises around and get to the NBA Finals and ultimately win an NBA title.
0: Right, get those pieces that are willing to stay. So, did you have like a a mock draft? I do. Ready I, to go? There? I do
1: have a mock draft, Chris. Okay. And let's start with that number all number one overall pick going to the Detroit Pistons. They have the Pistons selecting Cade Cunningham, the guard from Oklahoma State. Okay. Second pick is the Houston Rockets taking Jalen Green, the shooting guard from G League Ignite. Number three, Cavaliers taking Evan Mobley, the forward slash center from USC. Number four, they have the Toronto Raptors taking... Final Four hero from Gonzaga, Jalen Suggs, to hit the game-winning shot against UCLA in the Final Four, and that—that's obviously we've touched on this before, but that's obviously going to be Kyle Lowry's replacement in mm-hmm. Toronto because I do expect Kyle Lowry leaving Toronto in free agency and and signing with the contender yeah okay. And if you're if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, maybe pick him up. Exactly because I know a lot of speculation right now has the Lakers very interested and in, in intrigued by Chris Paul and they they have even made a trade offer to Washington to try to acquire Russell Westbrook. But I think Kyle Lowry is your best option in free agency because you you'll have the money. And that'll definitely be a great point guard mm-hmm. to go along with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So I do expect Jalen's son, Jalen Suggs, I'm sorry, to be picked at number four to be Kyle Lowry's replacement in Toronto. Pick number five, Magic taking Scotty Barnes the forward from Florida State. Number six. Thunder taking James Boonight shooting guard from UConn and that's a name Chris that our listeners really need to be watching out for because this guy has risen up the draft boards as of late. He was not a projected top 10 pick. He was a projected either late first rounder, early second rounder but a lot of scouts were really intrigued by by his scouting com, combine performance. Oh, I guess he's been showing out and doing really good. No doubt, Chris. And he has really risen a, a lot of eyebrows here lately. And because of that, like I said, scouts are really intrigued by him all of a sudden. And he has really risen up these mock draft boards so... That's a name to keep an eye out on. Okay. James Boone the shooting guard from UConn.
0: See if he goes up even higher, possibly.
1: <laughs> so that that would obviously be another great pick for the Thunder. Who we all know that they've that they're going to have three first round picks in this year's NBA draft. So so you better turn it around. You got three picks in the first round. No doubt, no doubt. And so that's that's definitely the riser, one of the risers here in, in, the, in the mock drafts. Number seven, Golden State Warriors from the Minnesota Timberwolves taking Jonathan Kuminga, the forward from G League Ignite, teammate of... Jalen Green that I just touched on being picked second overall, quite possibly to the Houston Rockets. Mm -hmm. So you've got two G League Ignite teammates potentially going in the top 10. Number eight, the Orlando Magic from the Chicago Bulls, taking Keon Johnson, the shooting guard out of Tennessee. Number 9, the Sacramento Kings taking Franz Wag- Wagner, the brother of Mo Wagner. Great Michigan player from a couple of years ago in their Final 4 run. And I do believe he's still with the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay. If not, if not he's he's still in the league, but Last I remember he he was with the the Lakers, so so you've got
0: another pair of brothers and then no doubt
1: no doubt, and his and they have his brother going in the top ten so that would be that would be great for that family number ten uh, another another riser here as of late, which shocks me because he put on a show for Baylor. All year long, in route to a national championship, and that is Davion Mitchell, who the Pelicans have taking at number ten, the guard from Baylor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's another guy to watch out for. He he definitely could possibly creep into that top six, and he he has certainly risen a lot here as of late, but it still surprised me. It, it it surprises me because of how well he played at Baylor a season ago. And I, I I never understood why he was so low on draft boards. But he's another guy that had a pretty good scouting combine and scouts have really started to notice him a lot better and he has crept up into the top 10. Now these mock draft boards, that's certainly another name to look out for that could potentially be a top six pick Mm -hmm. before it's all said and done Tuesday night. Yeah. Well, it's, he certainly is a great player. Yeah. And, and he would, he would, if he did fail to number 10 to the New Orleans Pelicans you've got to take him because you need you need guys to go along with Zion Williamson
0: and Ingram well Ingram as I say that could Ball. be great news for the pelicans they could be turning themselves around no big doubt, time. no
1: doubt and Chris they've they've got a young core too that they're building on right and I know Zion's probably not too happy with the process right now, but he he's got to realize he's got to realize you've you've got to go through that as a as a former number one overall pick. You went to you went to that team for a reason because they were the worst team in the NBA. Yeah, that said year, and not only that, but you're you're in a rebuild, and they want you as the face of the rebuild. So you've got. You've got to Im- fully embrace that. Be be that guy for your team, the face of your team, and just you know work work with the yum- your your younger teammates and and build a win, help build a winning culture. And so, obviously, Davion Mitchell, if he does fall into the Pelicans' lap, they the, I mean that would absolutely be a steal for for them and would be a great asset to that to go along with that young core in New Orleans.
0: Well, and would be actually kind of exciting for Davion Mitchell. Like it's it's not a it, and it, you know it's uh it'd be a case where maybe he'd be excited for that cuz he he knows that they're he's not just the like one guy going on a terrible team that's floundering. It looks like they're actually trying to build something there, so that'd be probably good news for him too uh i guess you know we have those those are the top 10 but is there any other people in that first round that you maybe have an eye on or can i keep an eye on like like davion mitchell or anyone like that someone else who's maybe can kind of be a surprise or sneak up or just you think is a Steel, great player.
1: Well, that's, that's great that you asked that, Chris, because as we've seen in the recent NBA drafts, we've seen a lot of international players creep their way up. Yeah, it's becoming more and more an international sport now. No doubt about it. We, we've seen these international players creep their way up into the top ten. And ultimately, we're selected – as a top 10 pick and there there are three there are three here that I have written down that I believe everyone should keep an eye out for that could potentially do so you have Josh Josh Giddy the guard from Adelaide from the Adelaide 36ers interesting a, a team a team out of Australia Mm-hmm. Right now, have him going thirteenth to the Pacers, so he's on he's on the outside, but looking in. He could to that okay. top ten, and he's a guard, guard as well. Mm-hmm. So that that's a that's one name to look out for. Number fifteen, Wizards taking Alperin Singun, the forward center from Besiktas, Turkey.
0: That's a tough name to say. That's a
1: <laughs> that's, that's a guy to look out for as well. And at number 18 right now, Oklahoma City Thunder from the Miami Heat. Have them taking Usman Garuba, the forward slash center from Real Madrid, Spain. Not to be confused with the soccer team, yeah.
0: Real Madrid. Right, it makes you think of the soccer team. So... So those keep, are keep an eye on those international players and see where they go in this thing.
1: Yes, yeah, so there, there are no doubt, there are three, and and they only have those three right now in the in the first going in the first round. But those are certainly three guys that could definitely creep their way up into the top ten potentially, because as I just stated, we've seen a lot of those guys have done it in the past, but like a Chris Porzingis, he went high to the New York Knicks a few years back. And I remember the New York fans were irate about it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, who is this? Mm -hmm. Why are we picking this guy with such a high pick that we have? And then he put on a
0: show in New York. Yeah, I was about to say, I mean, Theoretically you've got this huge batch of talent just all over the world to tap into. You don't just have to look here in North America. Yeah. So, you know, you could really potentially get some great steals from across the globe. No if doubt. If you're willing to, you know, broaden your horizons out.
1: No doubt. And, and and you see what his teammate on the Dallas Mavericks, Luka Doncic, has done being the face of that franchise now Mm -hmm. you know Dirk Nowinski retired and no longer playing even though he's still working in the front office there in Dallas but Luka Doncic was a top three pick in that year's NBA draft and and not a not a lot of people thought that he would even be might not even be a top five pick but he he ended up going third to the Dallas Mavs, and he has he has put on a show ever since. So you're certainly starting to see these international stars break out in the NBA, and so it it's certainly certainly been a thing here in these NBA drafts where a, a team really likes the international player enough that they pull the trigger, and so don't be surprised if any one of those. Three ended up creeping in into the to the top ten because they're definitely on the outside looking in. But but yeah, don't be surprised at all if they if they ended up surprising a lot of a lot of fans as their their favorite teams ended up p- picking them up in the in the top ten in the first round. So it,
0: it's something to definitely keep an eye on there. All right, we're going to move on to some big news that has been sort of circulating around the NCAA world where it sounds like, at first it was just rumored, but it sounds pretty sure that Oklahoma and Texas are going to be moving to the SEC. And it sounds like it could happen as soon as next year.
1: What a crazy past couple of days it has been with, yeah. the, with with those rumors circulating Oklahoma and Texas which are big time power five schools obviously the top two programs in the big 12 conference oh yeah now wanting to join the southeastern conference which we all know is the best conference in all of
0: college sports yeah what well, and especially like by far baseball and football uh, a little bit more competitive for basketball but which,
1: which they they would come in and help a lot
0: yeah in basketball now
1: ironically enough i said that about texas a&m and missouri when they joined yeah. the conference back in 2013 and Although they they did have a decent regular season, when it came to SEC play, man they they just got they just got beat up by by those SEC teams, and you're looking at it going, wow the trans the transition hasn't been kind. Well, and then <laughs> to those two programs, <laughs> considering they had they had been consistent NCAA tournament teams, yeah, and. They just come into the SEC and get
0: punched right in the mouth. Well, and then an, an extra layer of weirdness was that I mean, no one expected Missouri to come in and just win the East in football. Yeah, in football. What? What was it? Two years in a row. Yeah. It was just like out of the gate. So, what in the world is going on here?
1: But they they did. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember, and I believe you were there too, Chris, because I I I think that you said that you were as well, but I remember going to that cold November game against Missouri in oh, yeah. 2013, I believe. Yeah. And I, re- I really thought Ole Miss had a shot to upset that Mizzou team that night, even though they they were without Laquan Treadwell after that awful injury he suffered at at the goal line against Auburn Mm -hmm. that completely dashed their remaining hopes of winning an SEC title, let alone getting into the first ever college football playoff at the time. But yeah, I really thought that, that, that Ole Miss quite possibly could upset that Missouri team and that, that Missouri team just, just controlled the game from start to finish. Now it wasn't a blowout, of course, but they did what they had to do. And but yeah, nope, nobody saw that coming for sure. And well, out of them and in, in football, but as we've seen here lately, Chris, and 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 we we knew it would happen with one of the two programs, but it's it's definitely been the case now for both of them. They have struggled mightily in baseball. Oh. Now, credit A and M for making the Jim Schlossnagel higher, which he's going to do wonders for that program going forward in Aggieland, get you know, getting them back getting them back going on a on a winning standpoint and getting them into regionals and such, but Missouri has struggled mightily in uh, baseball, so
0: yeah, but you know I guess that's not quite as much of a surprise. They haven't you know picked up that SEC bump for baseball yet, but we know that Texas has a, an incredible history when it comes to baseball. Oh, no no doubt about it. There'll be a a strong
1: add-on for that. A lot of national championships, a lot of College World Series appearances. They, you know, they were were in it with Mississippi State there in that semifinal game to get to the College World Series final and just, just just didn't get it done. But... But, obviously, Texas and Oklahoma would be great for the conference in the aspect of football. I mean, it it makes it even more dominant in football, but...
0: Well, not to mention, and also just the intangibles of, of like, the money and revenue they're going to be bringing in is just going to be insane to an already very rich conference, so... But it
1: certainly doesn't doesn't look good for a lot of the teams in the SEC. Seeing both of those juggernauts coming into <laughs> your conference, it, it, it certainly makes you go, my gosh, well, we're never going to win anything now. <laughs>
0: well, and this is definitely going to shake things up. I mean, of course, the first thought was going to have two divisions with eight teams and, like, basically shuffle Auburn – And Alabama to the east. It'd also work out for the rivalry. We could get rid of the permanent rivalry because then you know Auburn would play Georgia every year and Alabama would play uh Tennessee every year. So that would kind of fix that problem. But it sounds from the rumors that are being that are floating around, it sounds more likely they're gonna create four divisions with four teams each. I I really don't like that at all. Well, uh, I, I didn't like it as much either at first, but a uh, good point I've seen people make is that if you do that and you finish, say, first in your division, but you don't get to go to Atlanta to play in the championship game, you could still be in high consideration to go to the playoffs in the college football playoffs because you won your division, even if you weren't quite good enough to go to Atlanta. 'Cause this is the SEC after yeah, yeah, all.
1: Yeah. But I I would have to think if they, they do the pods and whoever whoever won their their respectable pod, then it would come to that final four. And so now with this with the NCAA expanding the college football playoff, now now you've got a little playoff of your own well, in your own conference where you've got you've got to do a final four.
0: Well, we don't even know for and sure if they'll do that, though.
1: So so that that's my thing. You're you're creating you're creating way way too many games. Well, and here. that's why that's here, why the teams. In, in, in a in, in a sport that's that, that's violent. Yeah, that that we know it, it, it's affected a lot of people's. Careers and Livelihoods, uh, name a few people who have died from CTE. Jevin Sneed, former Ole Miss quarterback, mm-hmm. they found CTE. Junior Seau committed suicide, CTE-related as well. So there, there's there's going to be a lot of health and safety Well questions
0: and the te- the with this the schools aren't going to want to play that's the semifinal game either like that's why i think they may put it in pods but still just like have two schools go to the championship game and do it record based somehow i mean we'll see which uh, that uh,
1: a lot of a lot of schools and fan bases are going to be unhappy about that as well so you're you're just you're never going to get that happy medium there's always going to be for sure very disgruntled schools fan bases of saying hey look we we won our division why why don't we have an opportunity but like you said Chris the NCAA is going to cut down on games and because of that two of those teams are going to be left out unfortunately and so all it's doing Chris is causing more chaos and and I, I just I don't like it one bit well, I don't. Well, I'm pretty excited because about we we've, we've already got these kids signing endorsement deals, getting paid when they're only in college. I thought the whole point of going to college was to get an education first and foremost, and then and then working your butt off to where you get picked hopefully in the NFL. NFL draft and or you get signed with an NFL team and then you work your butt off that way make it onto an NFL roster and put on put on a show and play well enough to get you get you that lucrative contract now that's going to affect college sports a lot as well so I I just I don't see I don't see any light anything good coming out of this right now? Because there's there's just a lot of things going on in college sports all of a sudden to where it's really making you question about things going forward.
0: Oh, well, I mean, there's definitely a lot of questions in the air about the future of the NCAA as an organization, which may make it more prudent for conferences like the SEC to form these super conferences and – I mean, I hope that there there's always some sort of like overarching organization here. But if not, you may want to be in something like this where you're in a conference that can have a legitimate, like sort of champion on its own. In case there's some deal where you know the NCAA completely falters and is no longer a a governing body. Now that being said, um, I mean, I'm excited about Oklahoma and Texas joining, uh, the pod system. It, it makes, uh, it's, there's always going to be people who aren't satisfied. Now from a TV and fan perspective, I would love to see that, like the semifinals and then the finals game, but I realize it's probably not going to be possible or, or, uh, uh, yeah because they're going to expand the college
1: football playoff
0: yeah so it's probably not going to be logistically uh, possible to do that
1: and, and, and those th- those teams would more than likely get into that college football playoff but they're still my point is there's still going to be a lot of griping going on of we didn't have a fair shot at our conference title
0: yeah which and you might also want to play a uh, a game there of if you you might want to just win. If you feel like you got a good shot at getting into that the college football playoff, you may not want to be in your conference championship game and right, just right. just kind of skip right. it, have a bye week.
1: Because we all just saw in baseball where Mississippi State gets run ruled in both of their SEC tournament contests and go back to Starkville regroup and go on a run all the way to Omaha where they win their first national championship in baseball and in school history. So, yeah, so that's, yeah, yeah. That's a great point there. That's, that's not the ultimate goal. Now it would be great to win a conference championship, but yeah, it's not the ultimate goal. You know, the ultimate goal is to, to go on a run and to win a national championship for sure.
0: Which could mean, I mean, we'll see. I mean, they, you could just even just kind of scrap. <laughs> SEC started the championship game. What if they were ended up being the first to just scrap it and be like, "Yeah, well, we don't need it anymore. We've got these. We've got a lot of the powerful teams anyway, and it's just you know if you have a good enough record, they may invite you." Now, this is all speculation. I, right, I think they'll right. keep it uh, and probably just have two but, teams go.
1: But but let's be real the the college football bowl system is fixing to
0: be. Over with, definitely as we know it. I'm not sure what's going to happen to it, And
1: and I, it, I'm absolutely going to hate it because that the bowl system gave a lot of teams an opportunity to 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 win a postseason game at that magnitude, and that will that will be gone now.
0: Well, I assume that there'll still be bowl the, games
1: because of the college football playoff. And well, I'm I'm talking about I'm talking about some of the some of the more prestigious
0: bowls. You're you're probably yeah. not going to see them anymore. Well, they'll they'll probably be a which part is, of the which playoff. Is a shame. Yeah, they'll be kind of like the current one. How it rotates, whatever. They'll probably be like that. Which I mean does have its its cons, but I, I guess the pro of having some sort of little play, playoff there is worth it. I. I never was that disgruntled with the BCS bowl system. So, I mean, they didn't have to change it from my perspective, but I don't know. This is what we got now. And it theoretically gives some teams a chance that would never would have gotten chosen for a BCS bowl game, a chance to maybe get in there and make some noise, especially if they're from a lesser conference not as dominant conference as far as the one thing you touched on the new rules regarding, you know, players are now able to make money off their likeness. uh, I've just learned to basically deal with it because this is the way it's been trending for honestly, since we've been watching just because college sports are so ubiquitous now in media and TV, there's these just, my gosh, the TV deals are just enormous now, and uh, these colleges are making so much money hand over fist. So, you know, I get the players' frustration, the guys who, they are used in marketing material for these schools, but maybe they're either not going to be Top NFL players, or even possibly get a chance in the NFL, whether it be simple as they're not quite good enough in the NFL, or they're just not—they get an injury, injury or something. So, I mean, if in order to keep college sports together, we allow players to make money off their likeness, I think it's—I think that's fair because they're used just so much in 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 these advertisements and, and media for uh, these universities and sports networks. So, again, in a perfect world, it was just always, it was kind of cool that these players, like, they weren't playing for money. They were, like, you know, for school pride and, and fighting to be on the NFL roster one day. But... Things have just sort of transitioned to where that's not really the case anymore. It's become more of a business in college sports than it ever was before over the years, in my opinion, and that has come with pros and cons. Um I I mean I guess it does kind of make me miss <laughs> think like feeling it was that way, but I I guess I can't pretend that it still is. So Yeah. But Another thing, this is going to be tough for the Big 12. Like, where do they go from here? Like, what's going to become? Are they going to try to snatch some American conference?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I, my, my dad asked me about that the other day, Chris, and I thought about Houston, University of Houston.
0: That makes sense. I always felt could like,
1: join the yeah. Big 12.
0: I always felt like Memphis you know they yeah. they they kind of have made a point to be a little bit more consistent in football and they've usually been good in basketball I think they'd make sense yeah. in the Big 12
1: SMU is another name that comes to mind
0: Oh yeah they could basically rejoin like the you know they were Southwest conference and then the pony excess happened yeah. and then kind of rejoin not,
1: I'm not gonna lie though I I know there's a lot of money tied into the SEC right right now with Missouri, but if you want to win, I say I say get the heck out and go back to the Big Twelve.
0: Hmm. Oh, and then it'd be interesting maybe for the SEC's sake try to pull a school from like the Carolina area if they could. I don't I don't. So they got some They'd have to add somebody to the East if they left.
1: And 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 that's that's a that's a question of concern too for for some teams in the south southeastern conference. Okay, well you're adding these two teams. We don't have a a, a pretty good window for success here. So if you're going to add them, well, I might as well remove my school, and we might as well go somewhere else. That that's going to be a lot of a I lot of, a lot of questions that come up as well. Well
0: unless somebody gets forced Do out schools pull out. I don't I don't with,
1: with schools, coming in. I don't were think, schools coming in.
0: I don't think they will voluntarily just because the the T V deal and, right, and, and right. the and, monetary and, benefits yeah. of being in Money the SEC. Talks. Yeah. The the monetary benefits of being in the SEC are way too powerful to even if you're finishing oh and twelve <laughs> every year, it's just yeah. way too too important to to, to leave. And but it's going to come. It's it's basically going to come
1: down to which do you value more? Do you value money more, or do you value winning more? And we know more times than not they're going to take the money. Oh well, yeah. And it's unfortunate, and that that that's just what's going on in the country right now with with uh, with with money money everywhere, here, there, and everywhere. And so that's that's going to be a big question though for sure for these,
0: these schools. Well, and then if the big 12 can't pull in teams and completely breaks apart, it'd be interesting to see who goes where. Right. Cause it won't really be, I doubt there'll be anybody wanting to go to the like pack 12. Yeah. That's, They're that's, having that's their own far. issues.
1: And, and that's, that's far as well. So
0: yeah, the, the big 10 may kind of take some of those Northern schools. Yeah. Like I could see, uh, I've heard people mention this. And I Kansas say, State? Yeah, somebody like Kansas, Kansas State could kind of fit into that. Iowa big, State? That Big Ten culture. So. Yeah, because you, you've already got Iowa in the Big Big Ten. Why not add Iowa State? Yeah. So definitely, I mean, just when you thought all the conference shenanigans were, oval, were over, here we go again. We're, we're going to be kicking it back off with two huge schools. Yeah, joining I, the SEC. Yeah, I,
1: I think I think you're fixing to have these super conferences for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean they've been they've been rumored for years now, and it looks like that's the way it's going to go. And the question is, what happens when the super conferences possibly start to get more power than NCAA as a whole? Because the SEC is uh got some incredible power now. They do.
1: They do for sure, and. I know a lot of those schools right now in the SEC are not looking forward to Texas and OU coming in. So it's it's definitely a game changer for for the conference. But a lot of a lot of schools is well, what what window they thought or what opportunity they they thought that they had open is now going to be crushed as soon as the announcement is made of Texas and Oklahoma joining the
0: Southeastern conference. All right. Well, speaking of change, uh, we got one more change. It just broke this morning, so I don't have a lot of details on it, but essentially the Cleveland Indians are going to be changing their name to the Cleveland guardians, which is just something you can kind of see coming for, for a while now. uh, I feel like they could have chose a better name. No doubt. I feel like they could have went with the, the Cleveland Spiders. That would have been a cool throwback and yeah. unique name. Also could have had cool logo possibilities, but they're going no with doubt. the Guardians. Apparently the reason why is because there's Guardian statues outside, like at the city limits or something that oh, okay. like welcome people into the city, like Guardians over the, the city. But I I still would have gone with the Spiders. <laughs> This yeah. seemed to be the popular online choice as well.
1: Yeah, and 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 how how about this too for for a good laugh here? The team that you just said, name that you that you thought would would go perfectly with the spiders. Now. They're changing their names to the Guardians. You got you got some Marvel references here, <laughs> Spider
0: Man and Guardians of the Galaxy. So they got Marvel on their mind. They do have Marvel on their mind, <laughs> and they've also released their new like logo packaging stuff. It's okay. pretty similar. I have not seen it yet, but uh, yeah, it's pretty similar. Uh, same colors. Oh yeah, same colors. Well, that, and everything. That, well
1: that's that, that's good because i I had some questions about. Whether they would change their team colors or not with this new no. name, now I
0: think they could have with the spiders. That would have been oh, kind of cool man. if they would have like changed it to like black and well, something.
1: Oh yeah, no doubt, Chris, because they certainly would have had to because that would be some copyright stuff going on with Spider Man because Spider Man oh, yeah, is a good blue point, and red. Actually, I didn't so even think about that So yeah, if they would have, if they would have been the spiders, they would have definitely have had to have gone like a. A black and red
0: type of a color. Just out there in like <laughs> uniforms that look like Spider Man yeah. costumes. Oh yeah. my gosh. Hey, do your players shoot and spin webs like Spider Man does?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh not hardly because they're what second or third in the division right now. <laughs> no. No superpowers. I'm, but, glad, I'm glad they didn't have superpowers in 2016.
0: Yeah, they they just screwed you all over, man.
1: <laughs> they tried. They tried late. I mean, real late. They
0: Well, and they brought out, they jumped out of that God, series lead. So. About,
1: they, they about gave me an early heart attack. But, but thank goodness the rain came in in Cleveland. Thank you. Thank you, Guardians, for the rain.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, your, your Cleveland Indians are now the Cleveland Guardians. And... uh I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people like really upset about this name change. No question.
1: We're, we're in a world where, you know, everything offends people. So (laughs) it's not going to shock me at all that a team name change is not going to go over well with a lot of people and a lot of fans.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I feel like it, you know, I'm, I'm happy they changed their old logo, which was pretty terrible. And, uh, you know, changing their name, if that's what they felt like they needed to do, that's fine to me. Uh, I still think they could have gone cooler, but yeah. you know what? I'm not, uh, I guess I can't complain too much. It is what it is. Uh, yeah, Now nah, it's
1: it's not my favorite team, so I, I, really, I really could care less. But, could, yeah, to your point, could they have gone with a, Much better name, absolutely. Yeah, something
0: more unique and... Well, and that's why I like the Spiders. It's unique and throwback, but, you know, hopefully... uh,
1: Something unoriginal.
0: Yeah, give it some time. We'll get used to the Cleveland Guardians. They're at home in Cleveland. And once again, Chris, where is the heart of rock
1: and roll at? Cleveland. It's in Cleveland. (laughs) It's in Cleveland. Huey Lewis in the news, baby. All
0: right, we're going to jump into shout outs real quick. Uh, I don't really have a shout out as much as a, a mention of, a, I guess, a rest in peace, but New York Jets assistant Greg Knapp, I'm sure everybody's heard about it at this point, but had that accident while he was riding his bike. I got hit by a car and unfortunately died there in. California, fifty-eight years old. Just so unfortunate. Keep an eye out for bikers out there when you're when you're driving. Yeah, watch out for them.
1: Also, gosh, that's, that, that's that's so heartbreaking. I my thoughts and prayers go out to his family, to his loved ones, to the New York Jets organization because he he was an assistant coach on the jet staff the uh the the newly actually newly formed jet staff i might add um he actually he actually worked with lane kiffin the old miss head coach when lane kiffin had that head coaching job with the oakland raiders there for very very short stint okay but he
0: well and he also ended up he worked with uh peyton manning and even further back yes. steve young so it's an incredible yeah. resume there yeah and and
1: only only 58 years of age that's that's very young indeed but yeah there's 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 been a a, a lot of deaths by you know by bicycle by, uh or cyclists that i guess i could say yeah there's there's been a lot of people injured and ultimately died in that i've even heard a lot of stories where well actually two to be exact uh two mississippians reported on the news a couple of days ago they were they were coming coming home uh back from memphis early one morning Mm -hmm. and just out of the goodness and kindness of their hearts, they, they helped someone change a flat tire on the side of the road. Uh, and yeah. unfortunately, while the two were doing that, they were struck by a vehicle and were, were killed. And so that's, that's also a lot of, a lot of other unfortunate yeah, well, things you know. that have happened to where, where, you know, just two guys were, being being so kind to someone else and 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 we're, we're helping them out on the side of the road and that but yeah like you said it just it's got to the point where you definitely have to look both ways before crossing the street again and, and you definitely have to keep keep a keen keen eye out about where vehicles are are, are driving and, and, and coming from and, and, and definitely looking over your shoulder that's for
0: sure. Well, and when you're driving a heavy vehicle, that's essentially you know super dangerous could be. Yes. A a death a, a death what what's what am I looking for here? Like a, a death Sentence. tank for someone essentially. You know, be careful to watch where you're going and keep an eye for people on the side of the road and you know, whether they're doing what you were talking about there, helping somebody with their car or if they're on a bicycle, just pay attention when you're out there. Yes. Save some lives. Please be careful out there. Everyone. Yeah. So
1: what, what you got J Mike? Well, I've, I've actually, I actually have a few and I'll be relatively quick here, but this one really popped out to me, but shout out to Jimmy Moore the ESPN director who started working in TV at ABC ABC affiliate WAPT News out of Jackson, Mississippi. Oh. (laughs) When he was 16 years old, just 16 years of age, he worked his last game of his career, which was game six of the NBA Finals the other night. And it wrapped up the grand finale of his career that spanned nearly 40 years at ESPN and 15 years in the NBA. So, wow. a farewell salute to Jimmy Moore. It's a, it's a great
0: career. Yeah, great career. It's got to be bittersweet to close out something like that. I'm sure he feels like he did a lot, but he's probably gonna miss that too but happy retirement
1: absolute absolutely great great career there from Jimmy Moore how about this Anthony offered the former pedal high school standout Pedal Mississippi former old Miss Rebel as well decided to To end his football career as a Rebel to pursue baseball. And just the other day on his 27th birthday, hits a 428-foot home run.
0: No. (laughs) It's a
1: shot. Now, Anthony is a part of the Indianapolis Indians minor league baseball team. I cannot remember what they are the affiliate of. I do be, I, I do believe it might be the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, okay. But if 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 I remember correctly, but shout out to Anthony Alford who's hit a home run on his birthday.
0: Yeah, it's a nice uh It's a nice way to... Gift to yourself. Yeah, a little gift to yourself there.
1: Forget of wrapping me a present, I will wrap one of my own, (laughs) hitting one out of the ballpark. All right, another shout-out, Chris. Former Ole Miss wide receiver from a year ago, Elijah Moore, and the Jets have agreed to terms... On a four-year, $8.94 million contract with guarantees through the first three years. So congratulations to former Ole Miss wide receiver Elijah Moore on signing his rookie
0: deal with the Jets. Single-handedly changed the coaching landscape across the NCAA a few years ago by doing something stupid, but... It has worked. Incredible out. player,
1: and, and, and it is it is definitely you know he he's learned he's learned oh, a lot he's learned from his mistakes yeah, he's he's grown up. Of course that that was a very dumb thing that he did, but in a way I'm kind of glad he did it because we were <laughs> able to get Lane Kiffin out of it. They're able to let Matt Luke go. We're able to move on finally from a a coaching decision that quite frankly should have never happened at Ole Miss with Matt Luke becoming the head coach after his interim stint was over with. But the things have worked out for both both sides for sure. And now Elijah Moore has. And the, and the reverberations were felt so far and wide. It's incredible. Right. And now Elijah Moore has agreed to close to a $9 million deal it, doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, he's got he's got to, he's got to a, be happy as a first-year NFL player.
0: And hopefully for his sake, the Jets can turn things around there. Oh yeah, but I obviously see him
1: being a contributing early and often yeah. for this New York Jets team this fall. And my favorite this this is my favorite shout out of the day okay I'm absolutely pumped up I am so excited for this young man and we you and I have talked about it before but i I, I met his father the other day I met this young man's father the other day and he told me how much his son has really played well this summer for the Georgia Scorpions, which is a a summer league team for for high school players that are wanting to get their name out there, Mm -hmm. wanting to get noticed. And that's exactly what this young man did. His name is Hudson Calhoun. He committed to the Ole Miss baseball program just the other day. Yeah. And this is after he was getting highly looked at by Notre Dame. I, I remember Dr. Calhoun telling me Alabama was very involved with his recruitment. I know Auburn was interested, but they never pulled the trigger, if, if I remember correctly. So there, there were a lot of teams that were very very intrigued by by Hudson Calhoun, and I remember I remember Doctor Calhoun telling me that Ole Miss pitching coach Carl Lafferty was coming to one of his games in Atlanta because that, that's where the that's where the Georgia Scorpions are based out of. Mm-hmm. They're they're based out of Atlanta, and he was telling me that that Carl Lafferty had called Hudson. And and told him that he was coming to watch him play with an offer in hand. A scholarship offer in hand. Which that's nice to know. And so that that basically happened. Lafferty went down to see him, offered him a scholarship, and he committed to the Ole Miss Baseball program. And Dr Calhoun said that it was very poignant when he committed he had a long talk with head coach Mike Bianco and Dr Calhoun said that we are thrilled about it so so yeah so congrats so that's that's definitely one good thing that Mike Bianco has done as of late yeah and I'm I'm I am so glad that they they got on him early, and they're able to 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 get a get a good commitment out of them. And Hudson goes on to say, "I'm excited and grateful to announce that I'll be committing to Ole Miss to continue my athletic and academic career." He said that he would like to thank his family his coaches and teammates for their continued support and closes out by saying that he can't wait to be a part of the Ole Miss baseball program. So obviously, once again, I am very excited about Hudson's commitment to a rebel from a, not only a fan standpoint, being an Ole Miss fan, but just, just, for him in general, because I know he's put in a lot of hard work. And he, before this summer, he wasn't getting noticed and wasn't getting looked at at all. And he made that decision to 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 join a, a great summer league team and, and and to get his name out there. And let me tell you, Chris, he has done nothing but excel this summer dr Calhoun told me a couple weeks ago when I uh, I met and talked to him he said that and, and and Hudson's a pitcher let me let me just point that out but said that Hudson has absolutely been dominant this summer on the mound for the Georgia Scorpions saying his his fastball is at 91 miles no. per hour right yeah. now and that Impressive. of course that is only going to get better. Oh yeah, as keeps because I, I I do believe he's only a junior right now, but
0: yeah, still got plenty of growth to go there. But um, but yeah, it,
1: his his stuff is is no doubt going to get better. Doctor Calhoun told me that Hudson's breaking pitches are just unhittable. It seems right now, and so he's absolutely put on a show that is really all of a sudden is getting looked at by a lot of high profile college baseball programs, but he is now committed to the Ole Miss Rebels, and I could not be more excited and more ha- happy for Hudson Calhoun and his family. And I just, uh, I just wanted to bring that up on the podcast and – And I, Chris, I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you right now, I would absolutely love to do an interview with him on the show one day. Yeah,
0: that'd be cool. So it'd be awesome to get that opportunity. We'll have to. We haven't done an interview yet, so we're gonna have to sort that system out. But that would be that would be fantastic to do. And yeah, uh, congrats, and hope that you really enjoy your time at Ole Miss and can uh really improve as a player and grow as a person and you know, see what see what awaits there, you know, see if the MLB comes calling one day. That's right. Yeah. That's how you just uh keep working at it. Now his to to
1: wrap up real real quick, his his dad did tell me that that he would he would much rather Hudson once he you know steps foot on campus and has played a couple of years that he finish it finish, finishes getting his degree and doesn't doesn't turn pro real quick but at, at, as we just saw from a oh, Ole yeah. Miss <laughs> signee who was a pitcher and went third overall to the Detroit Tigers money talks oh yeah and for sure you know, at at the end of the day, it's a it's about what do these kids want? Do they do they want the money and, and a quick head start into their professional career, or do they want to go back to college and and get their degree? And, and right now, we're seeing where where money is definitely talking in this country.
0: Well, and also you with, know-
1: with these with these younger, you know these these younger players.
0: Plus, you don't want to possibly risk like getting injured or something your senior year that as well hurting your stock. So yeah, yes. But yeah, we'll you know see what happens and wishing wishing Hudson the best. No doubt, my brother.
1: Congratulations, man! I am so happy for you. I'm happy for Doctor Calhoun, and I hope to be talking with you soon. And maybe we could set up an interview here on the show. I, I know that. Chris and I would, would love to do it and would love to have you on the show. But for sure. congratulations to Hudson Calhoun. Ole Miss Baseball
0: Commit. Okay, well before we close it out, gotta mention the random page of the day I got real quick. Since we just finished up the basketball season, I went to basketball reference one final time for this for this year. How fitting. Yep. To see what we got, we got November second, twenty seventeen. So not all that long ago, Golden State Warriors beating the San Antonio Spurs one twelve to ninety two. Ooh, yeah, early on in the season here. Uh, of course, I mean this is recent, so players, yeah, pretty well know. You got Kevin Durant, yeah, you know Curry, yep, Steph, yeah, Clay Thompson.
1: And uh Draymond Green, yeah, Andre Iguodala, yep, just you, you name them off. James Looney,
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know me, Chris. Yeah. I, I'm,
1: I'm going to do it every time. <laughs> uh,
0: and then with the the Spurs, I mean, it was really just Powell Gasol that I you know instantly. Oh wow, recognize. wow! I,
1: I actually forgot that he he had that final stint with the Spurs. Yeah, so. And uh let's of course, see. Lamarcus Aldridge, and it's just unfortunate that he had to, he had to unfortunately end his NBA career with a a, yeah. a, a very unfortunate type of a heart issue. Yeah, when, I, I don't know if it was I can't remember if it was a irregular heartbeat or what, but
0: when you can't have that for basketball, for sure. And so. and
1: ironically, he. The, the Spurs had let him go middle of the season, and he signed with the Brooklyn Nets to join Kevin Durant, and 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 that that big three, and then of course the news comes out that mm-hmm. about that, and then he he was forced to retire. So I, I absolutely hate it for Lamarcus Aldridge because he. It, he he had he had a great NBA career,
0: and he had the yeah, he had the best game here, twenty four points. Oh yeah, for the Spurs, no question about it. Uh, for the for Patty the Warriors, <laughs> was so, Patty Mills
1: on that team? Still on it? Yeah, he had to be. Yeah, He was
0: had he had six points.
1: Okay, and, I'm sorry, uh, but three continue. assists. <laughs> you know you know me. I, I like to see if I could guess. <laughs> oh no, well, yeah. Guess these guys. you good. good. Uh, the royal Roy- the, the Royals. The Royals, no. Hey, Walt, how you doing, brother? <laughs> all right,
0: all right. Mouth and tongue, work with me here.
1: I'm the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart.
0: The Warriors, uh, was just an all-around performance. Of course, the the big three, um, uh, well, Durant, twenty-four points, Curry, twenty-one points, and then Clay Thompson, twenty-seven points. So, just a. I mean, the Warriors were the better team at this point. Oh my gosh, that showed out in the era
1: of the Big Three. That had to be the best. That had that had to be the best Big Three. Yeah. Even even though they won, now they did win back to back championships, and they, they didn't three peat like the Lakers did. But the Lakers were they were always called the dynamic duo, but they had they had a lot a you know a lot of great pieces on on that team as well oh yeah with you know Derek Fisher and Rick Fox and Robert Horry and you know the list goes on from there but but yeah that's arguably my favorite big three was the big three of Durant Curry and Thompson and shout out to Clay Thompson's brother Trace, Trey Thompson is playing for the Iowa Cubs now. Oh. And is lighting it up in AAA wow, Iowa. Oh, okay. The Chicago Chicago Cubs minor league yeah. affiliate, which is their AAA A team, the team before you get to the majors of course, but Yeah. His brother is is in the Cubs organization and he's he is so close, man, cuz I you know when the Cubs are fixing to trade their remaining core from their World Series championship team from 2016. I do expect Trace Thompson Be called to, get, up. to get the call up. And it, and if not, then definitely in September for the September call yeah. up. All
0: right, well, that's exciting. So, yeah, it's uh, Golden State Warriors beating the San Antonio Spurs 112-92 to on November 2nd, 2017. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us on this Friday. Yes. Hope y'all have a good weekend. You can follow us, Sport Fanatics, on Twitter. Yes, follow us. Where going they gonna get you, John Michael?
1: Mania. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can add me on a. You can add me as a friend on Facebook. My name is John Michael McBunch, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter my handle is the same on both of my accounts. It is at J underscore Mike check. So feel free to reach out to me. As always, you want to talk sports, man, I will, I'd be more than delighted to talk some sports back with you. And if you ever have any topics or, or anything that you would like for Chris, Chris and I to bring up on the show and, or discuss, please feel free to, to do so. Cause we're, we're always open for suggestions and ideas. And we definitely want to keep our show here on sport fanatics growing. That's for sure. But we certainly do appreciate all of you listeners for tuning in to us. As we do these two episodes a week on Tuesdays and Fridays. Now, I normally don't share everything until the following day, so it's mainly Wednesdays and Saturdays. Okay. But anyway, uh, enough of that. Thank you to our listeners. Yeah, yeah.
0: thank you all. You can follow me at Christopheles11, Christopheles11 on Twitter. But, yeah, thank you all so much for listening, and I hope you all have a great weekend.
1: Wrap it up! I take it.